0: Welcome to the business of being well. If you're a hands on practitioner who wants to grow a profitable business without working your life away, you're in the right place. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I am here today with Jessica English, and Jessica and I got connected through Dr. Kate Antonetti, who is a chiropractor in the Kalamazoo area. Um, Jessica is a wealth of knowledge, and she works in—I'm going to say—the doula industry. That sounds kind of. Let's just
1: say you—you are a birth worker. Does that resonate with you? Yes, it does. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here. You could say, doula business, doula world. We take industry. It is a business.
0: Yeah. Yes. Okay. Awesome. So, just kind of introduce yourself and share a little bit more about who you are, and then we'll dive into. All things, birth workers.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, um, as you mentioned, I am a birth doula. They're also postpartum doulas. I'm certified as a postpartum doula, but I don't work as a postpartum doula. I'm a doula trainer, a birth doula trainer for Dona International. I'm also a childbirth educator certified by Lamaze International and a Lamaze trainer. So I'm training new folks to do this work, both in the doula realm and in the childbirth educator scope, which are related, but actually very different. I also own a doula agency in Kalamazoo. We have birth and postpartum doulas and a massage therapist on our team. We also offer childbirth education and birth Kalamazoo is how I met Dr. Kate. Awesome. It sounds like you have a lot
0: going on when I listen to all the things that you do. How do you do all of that? <laughs> how, do you, how do you, well, this is this is going to kind of like take us down a rabbit hole, but how do you do all the things that you do and also provide support for birth, because that's such an unpredictable schedule.
1: Yeah. There's a lot to say about this, right? Oh, there is. Well, I know a lot of what you talk about is balance and finding professional balance in a way that works for every professional out there. Um, That's been just a career-long act for me to try and figure out how to balance all of this. And there was a time when I was newer as a birth doula. I've been doing this for 15 years now where I would take three or four births a month, occasionally five, and then it's just hustle, hustle all the time doing births and then teaching childbirth class once a week at least. And now where I'm focusing more on training and running the doula agency, I'm attending fewer births, but still actively out there because I think it makes me better at the other things that I do. And it's the heart of what I love about this work. I want to be training families. I want to be attending births. I can't imagine giving that up so it keeps me fresh i'm going on call for a client in just about a week and i'm looking forward to that when you and
0: i have talked in the past you shared with me um quite a lot about the the different ways that someone who is a doula can structure their business and i had mentioned to you i think at that time too like i was only just starting to wrap my mind around the different ways that a doula and I will add to this also, a midwife can build a business. Yes. Um, and, and like the concept of an agency, for example, I had I had never, I've not known anyone until just this year who had a doula agency or a midwifery agency. Can you speak first on when you say, um, like a doula agency, what that is for someone who <laughs> like me may have been living under a rock or something? I'm not sure, but, um, What is an agency? And let's talk a little bit more about the benefits of an agency.
1: Sure. When I first started my agency, I didn't really even know that's what I was doing. I just knew that I wanted to bring some other folks in to work with me. And I already had an established business. So maybe they should be my contractors. And that's how things got started for me. The way my business looks now and the way most agencies look is that there is an owner or a few owners who work together. Often they're doulas themselves, but not always. And they bring in other doulas, usually as their contractors. There aren't very many agencies that use employees, but there are a few out there. And then um, the agency brings in the business. So I have a lot of doulas that I work with who Just are not at all excited about the business part of doing this work. So they really love the idea of somebody else bringing in the business and they can just relate to the clients, go to the birth, serve them postpartum, and not have to worry about how's my website? Is my Instagram marketing up to snuff? There's a steady flow of work for them so that they can just focus on being. A doula in the sense that people usually think of it, not so much in the business building piece.
0: Right. So here's where I'm like laughing at myself on the inside because, as you just described, you know, like someone that would want to work for or with an agency, for example, they just want to be a doula. I can't tell you how many times over the last 14, 15 years I've heard someone say, I don't want to deal with all this business ownership stuff. I just want to be a chiropractor. It's interesting how there are those common threads, you know. Of like we have these different modalities that we practice, um, yet there are the same struggles.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: amongst all of, and it's not just um, doulas and chiropractors or doulas, chiropractors, midwives. It's it's like practically any service provider.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, there are so many similarities there. And I work a lot doing coaching for doula agency owners. So when I work with them, part of what we're talking about is, is do you have the skill set to run an agency or can you build it? Mm -hmm. There are people who just love and appreciate that business side of things things, then they are perfectly suited to run a business like that. And then you get matched up with the people who are not as interested in that. So ideally, if an agency is run well and searches for um, fairness and equity and balance, then it's a win-win for both the doula and the agency owner. Is there a way for someone to know Maybe before
0: they start their doula training, or sometime, you know, after they've become certified, which option is the best option for them? Do they know, Mm or how how do they know um, if they should run an agency, or if they should work for an agency, or if they should work independently?
1: Yeah. Typically, running an agency isn't the greatest idea when you are fresh out of a doula training because a lot of what we do as agency owners is mentoring the other doulas, and you're not really in a space to be mentoring other people when you're fresh out of your doula training. But a great time to think about an agency is when you have all the clients that you can handle and you're still getting more referrals it really feels hard to turn people away. So why not? You've got this excess of clients. Why not open an agency and have some other folks who really want that business? So that's always a good time to look into the possibility of an agency. But also, my colleague Kim James who runs a website called doula She's also a doula trainer and involved with Lamaze international. She and I sat down together and developed a, um, a tool that doulas can use to see where are their interests and where are their strengths. So if they have a lot of time and they have a lot of business skills, maybe it makes sense to think about opening an agency or maybe they don't have a lot of business skills, but they're interested in building them Mm -hmm. as opposed to somebody who doesn't have a lot of time, maybe just wants to do a couple of versus a month, either doesn't have business skills and or doesn't want to develop them, then those folks are led to the idea that maybe it would be really great to work for somebody else. There's so many different ways people can structure this, whether it's working independently, working with a partner, working with an agency. Some agencies have doulas working on teams together. We can really be creative, and I feel like that's blossomed in the last five or ten years for people to think about how can doula work look sustainable? So one of the
0: keys is when your own business has gotten to the point where you can no longer take care of all the people that are coming to you asking for support, which is a good problem to have, but yet it is a problem. And I'm curious if there is a sort of like a magic number of births that a doula can work each like work doesn't feel like the right word. is there a magic number of births that I do look and plan on attending each month or does that look different from person to person
1: Good question. I think it looks different from person to person. However, most of the professionals that I really know and trust say about four clients a month is full-time doula work. If you're doing many more than four on a regular basis, I'm worried that you're not fully present for all of those clients. We're on call 24-7. We're at birth for an unknown period of time. Um, I do know of doulas who take six or seven clients a month. I think for a solo doula, that's really hard to do and not always sustainable over the long haul, but folks do it. I'd rather see them raise their fees and attend fewer clients in a month Because they could probably sustain that higher fee if they're having all those folks come to them, they're filling up their calendar that way.
0: And hopefully also avoid feeling burned out too, right? If they're taking fewer clients, but they've increased their fees so that they are able to take fewer clients and financially still be building a business and and a life too, um, yeah, I make the same recommendation for a lot of chiropractors, not everyone. Some people really love what we call high volume practice. I never have. <laughs> I just always knew like that really wasn't for me. Um, but again, it's it's just making making a choice, but being really aware, self-aware, knowing what's right for you, not comparing yourself to other people. And sometimes it takes learning the hard way, like getting overwhelmed. It takes um, finding yourself in in things, situations that don't feel good, that you don't like, that you don't feel are sustainable to really be clear on what it is that you do want.
1: Yes. Yes. I've learned a lot of things, the hard way over (laughs) the years. And you and I talked about this before, the similarity between chiropractors and doulas. Doulas have a high rate of burnout um, because of The challenges of being on call because of the difficult things we bear witness to and hold space for in the medical system Um, because of our place in the power structure. If we're working primarily within the hospitals, there are lots of reasons for doula burnout. Anything that we can do to make this more sustainable is a good thing. Speaking specifically of fees, every time I've raised my fees over the years, I've had some hesitation. Oh, is this the best thing? What if somebody can't afford me now? And then I always ask myself, what's in the best interest of my community? If I believe what's in the best interest of my community is that I'm still doing this in five years and what it takes for me to still be doing this in five years is a higher fee, then the higher fee is the right thing. You can always come down in your fee. I tell doulas, you can't ever charge the doctor who lives in the mansion on a lake, a higher fee, but you can always come down for people who have fewer resources. So if you set it high, it gives you actually more flexibility.
0: That makes sense. And I love the perspective of thinking about what's best for your community. It's best for your community for you to still be providing this service in five, 10, 15 years down the road. And that if a higher fee is a part of that, then that's what it is. And to not make the change in your fees, the increase in your fees, um,
1: an emotionally dramatic process. Right. A burned out doula will not be doing this work. So who's that good for nobody? Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's especially not good for the doula.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, right. it's especially not good for any person who is the practitioner in that scenario, because I've seen this happen so many times and, and I've watched people go through this process and it can take them years to feel a sense of self-worth again, after having started a career, getting into that career, telling everybody that they're so excited. It's going to be so wonderful. They're so, so excited. And then they get into the reality of it and find that things are sometimes hard. Yes. And in some cases, really hard. Yes. Um, and if they if they do burn out or they have to close their business for some reason, there's so much that goes into that. So much self-doubt, guilt, embarrassment, shame, the whole spectrum of negative and sometimes positive emotions too. But it's, it's those negative emotions that really pull people down and it can be... It can take a lot of work to heal from.
1: Yeah, it would be great if we could keep people from falling into that. Nobody, I, I would assume everyone goes into this work because they really love birth and they really want to support families. And chiropractors really believe in the chiropractic philosophy of care and they want to help people be well. I don't want any doula or any chiropractor to lose that unnecessarily. So Mm -hmm. helping people build good awareness and good self-care habits and good balance and good boundaries is just great for them. It's also great for their clients because as we said, they're going to be around a long time. But also I found that sometimes when I haven't had good boundaries, I feel resentful of my clients and that's not good either wants to feel resentful of their clients. It's not good for the client.
0: So this is kind of a left field
1: question, but it
0: came to my mind as you were talking about, about this, I'm curious what your thoughts are on when people who also practice other modalities, other healing art modalities. Maybe it's chiropractic, acupuncture, massage therapy. It could be a number of things, craniosacral therapy. Um, and they also are a doula. I see people like who are so excited and passionate about birth want to be doulas, and yet they have all these other things going on too. And I'm like, oh, how are you going to do that? <laughs> how are you going to have either two separate businesses or one business and and delineate which service is what fee and keep those lines really clear between when you are the practitioner, the the hands-on practitioner, for example, and when you are the doula. What are your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, what a great question. Well, some Some areas are easier to combine with doula work than other areas. One of the things you always have to think about is the doula's responsibility to be on call. So that can be managed in a number of ways. If you're a solo doula, you're working on your own, you're going to be on call for your clients 24-7, usually at least a couple of weeks before their due date until potentially a couple of weeks after their due date. What happens when you get called to a birth? Are you going to send a backup to the birth if you have clients in the office all day, or are you going to cancel all your clients in the office to go to the birth? Yeah, that's a balancing act that people have to figure out for themselves, and it looks different for different people. Sometimes a doula partnership works really well. So um, when you're in the office, I'm on call, and then you're on call at other times. But then we're also thinking about let's not burn out Dr. Danielle by being Mm -hmm. in the office five days a week and then being on call all weekend as a doula. So figuring out what that looks like is an important piece of it. Then there's the piece you touched on about separating your expertise. So when we're there as a doula, we act in the doula role. And sometimes we can say, I'm going to take my doula hat off now. And now I'm going to talk to you as your herbalist or I really think some acupuncture could be helpful in this moment in your birth. I'm gonna put on my acupuncturist hat. But we always encourage people if they're providing multiple types of service to people, especially anything that's outside of the dual scope of practice, that they have separate contracts with those folks. And you should be paid separately for those things.
0: Yeah. I think it um just not because I've been a doula, but just thinking about the realities of um, multiple services that you may offer to the same client that you also need to ask for permission. Um, Oh, right. You know, like you you need to not just assume that because you have these multiple offerings or services that you can provide that that person wants all of those things. So start with permission, start with consent. Yeah. And just being really clear about when you are doing what and, and does the the
1: patient or the client really want that? Absolutely. Um, I've had doulas on my team a few times over the years who are also Reiki practitioners. Mm-hmm. So Reiki is a thing that somebody could do in a kind of sneaky way without <laughs> yeah. knowing it's happening. That's a big no-no, right? So that's yep. a kind and the client to have ahead of time? Is this something that you're interested in? Some people hire the doula because they're especially excited about that. And some people know that's not something that they want or are interested in, then the doula definitely doesn't cross that line. So consent is huge in our work. I'm really glad you brought that up. Reiki is something that, yeah, as you
0: mentioned, can be done without the recipient being aware But again, this comes back to if you're providing an additional service, you should be compensated for that additional service. So why would you want to apply a modality without the person's consent or knowledge? You should be compensated. And and then you can't just afterwards say, oh, by the way, I also did this, right? So I think this this may sound really obvious, but I I, I see people get into these kinds of situations where they've put what they think is the best interest of someone ahead of these things. And then it, it gets them into sticky situations later. Yeah. And I would love for people to not get into those situations as much as possible, because quite honestly, over the last roughly 10 years, 12 years, I've had a lot of conversations with people that have been tough conversations. So they're in a really challenging situation that I'm like, I can't help you with this. And I am glad that people feel comfortable being able to share those things and ask for advice. But oftentimes the most that I can give them
1: is encouragement that it's going to be okay in the long run. Yeah. 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 The more, the more sticky situations we can prevent, the better. And I'm sure you do some of that in your coaching work. And I know I do too, when I'm working with agency owners, that's one of the things that we always talk about, how to not get yourself into some of the most sticky situations that can come up. So I'm glad that you're available to folks, but sometimes, yeah, once they're in the thick of it, there's not much we can do.
0: Well, this naturally lends itself then to talking about doula training, right. And, Mm -hmm. and all the different types of doula training that are available and ask someone who is a doula trainer, you can probably help people identify, um, what should be included in a doula training program. And that it may be more than just like how to support someone who's in
1: labor. Yeah. So, There are more than 100 organizations now out there that claim to train and certify doulas. So that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. It's great that there are many options. Hooray for options. However, how in the world do you choose? I think that people are drawn to a particular doula training for a lot of reasons. I would always say, look at the trainer. So is the trainer somebody you feel connected to when you read their website? Do you get a sense that they're talking directly to you? You know all of these marketing pieces. If the trainer is marketing well, you have a great sense for who they are when you take a look at their website. And then in a doula training, of course, we should be learning the basic doula skills, but is it from a perspective that matches up with your view on the world? Are you being exposed to new perspectives on the world? That's wonderful too. And then are there business skills included? I know one of the things that I've moved to doing for my doula trainees is providing them all with a three plus hour webinar on doula skills, which you and I know you could have a 30 hour webinar on business skills. But in the beginning, when they're just starting out, they've got all of those basics under their belt to go forward. Not all doula trainings are incorporating that. And I guess if you're not planning to run your own business, you don't need them. But some things like how to do an interview with the client and increase your chances of getting hired, everybody needs that. Even if you're not um, working on your own, if you're working for an agency, you still need to do the interview. So do you resonate with the trainer? What is the trainer's background, skill, expertise? Are they still actively attending births? That's important to me. And also, um, what are you going to come away with? What are you going to be able to come out of that training? What are other people saying they're coming out of that training with to help them launch their career? All of that really matters a lot. One of the things that I appreciate about being a Donut International trainer is that all of our trainers have been vetted. By Donut International, largest doula training organization in the world. Whereas anybody could claim themselves a doula trainer, right? Um, you could hang your shingle out tomorrow and say, Hey, I'm a doula trainer. Come take my training. People don't necessarily know what they're getting if somebody hasn't been vetted by anyone other than themselves. I'm totally jumping topics here. What,
0: what do you wish more? doulas or future doulas knew before they find out the hard way
1: oh boy I would say that this is work it's joyful work it's really important work but it does to be compensated and being fairly compensated for this work means that you can continue to do it. So that burnout piece we were talking about earlier, that is really important. I wish more doulas knew that going in and valued themselves right from the beginning, for sure. Um, It's an area where It's so easy to get passionate about that sometimes the doulas lose that. And then I don't know if it's because it's traditionally women's work, although there are men who are doulas, there are non-binary people who are doulas, um, but traditionally it's thought of as women's work. It seems to be undervalued in our system. So people don't see the worth in it sometimes. And I always um, get a little worried when I see volunteer doula programs popping up because why wouldn't we pay the doulas. We probably don't have a lot of volunteer chiropractor programs out there. So what's the assumption that doulas should be volunteering their time? I want to help to change that. Not that there's anything wrong with volunteering. Of course, it's a beautiful thing when people are called to do that. But if you're doing this really intense work and you don't have some sort of energy exchange for it, in my experience, people often don't last very long. And money's just an energy exchange.
0: Yeah, we, we do have programs in chiropractic where you can volunteer. You can go to um, a clinic that provides services for free to people who are under, underprivileged or under-resourced. Um, you can t- take a mission trip to another country and provide free care there. Um, but uh, yeah, most of the most of those people that go on trips or volunteer in clinics, they have a full-time income. Yes. Alongside of the volunteer work. Yes. yeah,
1: And we want chiropractors to be able to pay their bills and we want doulas to be able to pay their bills. So similarly, there are a lot of doulas who will have a sliding scale fee or they will say for every six fully paid clients, I'm going to do one volunteer birth there are definitely ways to figure out how to serve under-resourced families well without just expecting all doulas do this work without pay. That's a great
0: point. Um, My follow-up question for you is what do you wish was different in in the world in regard to birth?
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, I wish <laughs> so many questions were different. That is, I don't know if we have enough time to talk about what I wish was different about birth. Well, let's think about it from a doula skills perspective. So we train doulas to provide physical and emotional support. So certainly I wish that everyone giving birth had access to physical and emotional support. And That's probably going to mean insurance coverage, Medicaid coverage. There are several states working toward Medicaid coverage of doulas, whatever that is going to look like. So I wish that everyone would have access to physical and emotional support for their birth. A third piece of what doulas do is to provide information and advocacy for birthing parents. And if I were going to have a magic wand and change birth, I would say I wish that people didn't need information and advocacy because they were receiving top-notch, excellent care all the time. The best births that I go to, everybody is on the same page. The team is so respectful. Um, Things move smoothly. Everybody understands how the hormones of labor work. So there's lots of darkness, privacy, quiet. Um, When interventions are suggested, it's because there's a specific unusual situation and the benefits of those interventions outweigh the risks. I wish that was how birth looked all the time rather than our current system where interventions are overused and carry their own risks when they are overused. Wouldn't it be great if a doula never needed to advocate for their clients because the client's We're being treated with respect at every step of the way. And we can talk too then about how racism impacts birth. We know that black and indigenous moms and babies die and are harmed in their births at a higher rate. And the cause of that is racism. So as long as I've got my magic wand out, let's for sure take racism out of that birth scene. That also reduces the need for advocacy. Great points.
0: I love it. Thank you. We had talked previously about um, the options of working independently, working for an agency, being an agency owner. And when you and I have chatted previously, we got into a discussion around fairness in the agency, how um, the agency owner can grow the agency and make sure that the people who are working For and with the agency are also well taken care of. And you had a lot to say about this. So, where do you want to start?
1: Yeah, well, I love this topic. It's so important to me to talk about because at our heart, we are doulas. We care for people, we nurture people. And sometimes I see a doula agency owner who's not caring for their doulas. What? what's happening there. And my philosophy has always been that if I take care of the doulas, they will take care of the clients and that will be good for the business. So of course, there are times when you have to deal with some sort of specific situation, right? But in general, I just try to build my doulas up and really nurture them and support them. I just had a conversation with one of my doulas last night about a situation with a client and we were searching for what I always try to search for, which is what solution can we find that's fair to the doula? It's fair to the client and it's fair to the business. So I don't see enough agency owners doing that. And I, I would like to see more of it because I think in the end when you can find those kinds of solutions it really is what's best for the agency. Agencies don't thrive by churning and burning through doulas, by keeping an excessive portion of their fee and treating them poorly. You're just going to get those doulas trained up and rolling well, and then they're going to leave. What's most valuable to me is a doula stays. I've got a doula on my team now has been with me for eight years. That's fantastic. She yeah. does not require a lot of work for me. She gets hired in an instant and we have a really good working relationship. So looking for ways to be fair to everybody is really important. Well, I can tell you that from the perspective
0: of a chiropractor, having observed other chiropractors hire associate doctors to bring into their practices, sometimes the practice owner is, um, Taking a short-sighted perspective, perhaps, like they they don't want to invest time and energy into the associate doctor and training them and really onboarding them and creating a culture of community amongst their team members because of the time and energy that it takes to do that, which is part of the reason why they brought the associate on to the practice in the first place. So it's kind of this like double-edged sword. But just as you described, if we don't create that sense of culture, community, trust in or amongst the team members, it can lead to a lot of attrition or churn of those team members, which is going to actually cost you more time, energy, and money in the long run. So exactly same but different, right? I encourage people to like slow down and take the time to really mentor that person and to create an environment of safety for everyone which is not necessarily something that we're taught in our training or in our our education. It's a new skill set to develop.
1: Yeah. It's um, a very masculine way of looking at business to say, you know, I'm just going to get them in and I don't want to spend a lot of time on them and just do your work. But if we can bring, not that we have to make everything quite so Binary, but if we can bring in what we might think of as traditionally more female leadership skills, I think it can be really beneficial, not just from a feel good perspective, but actually from a monetary business thriving perspective perspective. So yes, it feels good, but also the business is going to do well. A brand new chiropractor coming into your business is going to take a lot of work no matter what. Why not invest a little bit more on the front end so that hopefully you can keep that person and not have to go through the whole thing again in a year or two years down the road because they're not happy and they left
0: as someone who trains doulas, who has her own agency, as well as mentors and consults with other agency owners, what are some of the things that you would say um, make the agency successful? Like what in, in this model, there's a business and then, and people are coming to the business for the service and they might have different service providers available. Right. So it's not the same as you posting on your Instagram about your experiences as a doula, which might be your marketing plan when it's just you. So so I'm kind of getting ahead of the conversation there, but what are some things that you see really make the agency model
1: work well? Mm -hmm. I think agencies do great when they do have a strong leader who can be known as a helpful resource in their community. So um and that's something that I always encourage doulas if they're thinking about joining an agency, who's the person that's running this ship? Is that the kind of person you would like to be your doula? Is that the kind of person who's respected in your community? Look for all of that, I think. Um when you're making those kinds of decisions, So a strong leader is a great part of a successful agency. And then good doulas are really important as well. And then lifting those doulas up in their work so that they can be successful and stand out. I love it when somebody can come to me and say, this happened just the other day. They said, I have heard so many great things about all of your doulas from my friends. Anybody who's ever worked with your doulas has had wonderful things to say. Fabulous. So the doulas have to be well-trained. They have to be doing good work in the world. If you can get that word of mouth referral going you don't even have to be doing a bunch of social media marketing Um, that can be much more muted so um, an owner who's steering the ship well doulas who are doing great work and why are they doing great work because they're well trained because they're well mentored and because they're well supported to be able to do that that all goes into what makes a successful business down the line
0: okay my last question for you I guess technically last of two is if you have any parting thoughts anything any words
1: of encouragement that you want to give I think it's important to always make sure that doulas and maybe the supplies to chiropractors too know that you can combine business with heart so that's actually the name of my training business is heart soul birth pros. And that business was created with the idea that people could be financially successful and do work that's really good for families. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. So, business with heart Good boundaries, so important for the doula. We want the doulas to be doing this work long term because we need them. Uh, Just like an agency doesn't want to churn and burn through doulas, I don't think society should churn and burn through doulas because a doula who's got five or 10 years of experience under their belt can really be such a gift to families. So, to the doulas, I would say take good care of yourself for sure. And think about um, I used to work at a massage school and they used the analogy of a pastry bag that um, if you have an empty pastry bag and you're trying to squeeze out yummy goodness for other people, there's nothing to squeeze out. So you have to regularly fill up your own pastry bag with whatever is yummy goodness to you so that you can then squeeze that out to other people. So I always try to share that with doulas and I'm going to share that with chiropractors too. If that's not something that you all talk about routinely, fill your own pastry bag. Yes. We talk about self-care all the time
0: and people have misconceptions or preconceptions really would be the, the, the better way to put this about what self-care means. But just as you described it's whatever is that yummy goodness to you, it's whatever resources you, whatever fills you up and really prioritizing that before everything else. It's it's hard often, especially for those of us who are women, Like it's hard for us to put ourselves first and to trust that that's really going to be what's best for everybody else. But I actually purposely ask everyone to make their self-care routine the number one priority on their to-do list because otherwise it just keeps rolling down the to-do list. It keeps getting pushed down further and further.
1: Absolutely. And um, as I mentioned, advocacy is an important part of our work. And I'm taking a course right now with one of my trainer colleagues on resiliency for birth workers. And one of the things that we've been talking about is how we re- react in the birth scene when something that is not okay is happening, when we need to step in and speak to something that's going on that's inappropriate. Um, you didn't have consent for that, or you know she's going to want to talk about that first, whatever it might be, and how we're much better able to react from a calmer place if we have had the healthy practice of mindfulness or um, some kind of movement practice or whatever it is for that individual doula, then we're not going to be so reactionary in the moment, but it takes practice. We have to cultivate that practice over the long-term in order to be able to stay steady and centered in the moment.
0: Yes, very much. Okay. if Someone would like to connect with you and learn more about your doula training or the other services that you provide and offer, where's the best place for them to go?
1: The best place would be my training website. And that is heart soul birth pros, I'd love to connect with anybody. There's information there about birth doula trainings, postpartum doula trainings, which aren't taught by me, but I have another trainer on my team, Lama's trainings or coaching. Awesome jessica you are a wealth of
0: knowledge and um, i'm just thankful to have the time with you today and in our previous conversation as well to share that
1: knowledge with our audience i'm so happy to do it thank you dr danielle it was so great to talk with you and learn from you and have a better understanding of some of the similarities between our fields it's great
0: Do you want to make more money without squeezing more patients or clients onto your schedule? If that's you, be sure to take my free class. In it, you'll learn how to bring leveraged income into your practice so you can work less, live more, and help more people than ever before. You can get signed up by going to drdanielleaton.com and click free.